Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we're continuing on the home stretch with the episode LPS The Musical. Musical? Musical. I think they say musical in the episode when they say it. Anyway. So, Mrs. Trombley saying goodbye to a cat camper. And then she freaks out because she has to deal with opening Littlest Pet Street soon. And also inventory. Uh, she starts taking inventory and hears someone walks in. And she greets them only to see that it's Blythe coming back with Zoe from a walk. So Blythe notes her defeated nature and says she's got mail. Mrs. T is so, you know, stressed out with probably the biggest business decision in her life and inventory. And so she asks Blythe to go through it for her. Blythe goes through it. Bill, 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 Bill. Something from the four songbirds, Bill. And then Mrs. T asks about that four songbirds thing. And she is ecstatic because that was her old singing group from back in college. She said that they were good and almost recorded an album. But Mrs. Trombley's Kung Fu quilting came first. And then they kind of just broke up after college. So back to what I was saying in that episode... Um, that would place Mrs. Trombley somewhere in her 70s, but she's as lively as ever, and you know what? Good for her. I love it. I am here for it. You do you, Mrs. Trombley. However, Mrs. Trombley sees now as their opportunity to see if they still have that spark. But, Mrs. T has a bunch of work to do with Littlest Pet Street and inventory, so she doesn't think she can make it. She then takes a phone call as Blythe whispers to Zoe that there may be a way for the reunion to happen without Mrs. T leaving the shop. So Blythe is talking to the pets the next day about how she contacted the four songbirds and they agreed to do their reunion over video chat on a program called I See Your Face. Which, you know what? I, I appreciate it. I I am here for it. I like... There's, like... I love the does what it says on the tin naming conventions of, like, some of the stuff in this universe. <laughs> like, there's there's no two ways about it. I see your face. That's great. And I like it. So Penny asks about the four songbirds, and Zoe explains that in college, Mrs. T had a... And then Vinny says moose, but Zoe says, no, a singing quartet. Vinny says, well, she might not have had a moose in college, but she has a moose now. And we see Mrs. T bring in said moose, and she is introduced as Fleur de Moose, and she is nervous. She is staying here for the day because her enclosure at the conservation center is being cleaned. So Blythe wants to tell Mrs. Trombley the good news, but Mrs. Trombley rushes out. Blythe introduces herself to Fleur and leaves her to the pets while she goes and tells 
Mrs. Twombly about everything. So Blythe talks with Mrs. Twombly while Mrs. Twombly is stressed out. And Blythe explains the video chat she set up and Mrs. Twombly is excited to make up for dividing the group because she also had Kung Fu quilting that was taking the world by storm. That sentence does not get less weird the more you say it. Kung Fu quilting as a concept does not get less weird the more you say it. It gets slightly more weird the more you say it. It is, it's, I don't know, I don't know why, like, they thought you could normalize it. It is not, it's not, I just, I can't stress this enough. Like, Kung Fu quilting is one of the things that pushed me to do this podcast. Because there, there is, like, no way... Am I going to let that get ignored? There is no way I'm not letting someone talk about it. Kung Fu quilting. It is weird. No matter how you slice it. This is just... It's just what this show is. This show is weird. It... It kind of embraces that. I think... Maybe, maybe it's not intending to. Maybe I'm supposed to take Kung Fu quilting at face value. And that it was a worldwide phenomenon that somehow got more attention than the moon landing. And then it just kind of died down afterward. And I don't know. I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. It's just... Sorry. Sorry. I just can't. Like, it's just... Mm. Mm. Like, how, how am I supposed to take that as, like, yeah, that's just... That's just a thing. Like, I know the show takes it as such... But we're not supposed to take the show as just a thing. I don't think. It's just a thing that Blythe can talk to animals. No, we're supposed to suspend our disbelief to believe in that. But they're doing that. They're saying it's just a thing in the show. In 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 the show, we're supposed to suspend our disbelief for for a lot of things. And I choose to believe that this is one of them. Because if this existed in real life, it would make no sense. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is probably the last time I'm going to talk about Kung Fu quilting. So I just kind of needed to get it off my chest. Because, like, I, I only have, like, this episode left and then two more and then the this the podcast is like like the the show is over and i hate goodbyes but i guess they have to happen at some point and okay 
Okay, look. Look. That back on let's let's get back on track. You know my stance on kung fu quilting. It is one of the weirdest things this show has done. And the fact that they continue to bring it up as nonchalantly as one would say, I went to Subway to get a sandwich makes it all the more weirder. And maybe that's part of it. I don't know. So, anyway, back on track. Sorry about that, right? Back on track. Mrs. Twombly says that there's one songbird who never quite forgave her. Martha. Mrs. Twombly complains about how Martha was really good at it. And she just kind of stole the show. And it became all about her. The next words I'm going to say are in the show. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> they, they do that. They do that. She would chastise Mrs. Twombly for one wrong note. And then Mrs. Twombly comes to the realization that she doesn't have time to practice or meet with the songbirds due to the inventory. Blythe offers to take up the inventory while Mrs. Twombly goes to practice. Okay, we're back in the play area now. Penny invites Fleur to sit down on some pet beds, but then when she does, she pops them, gets frazzled, and jumps into a mobile. And then Russell says that today wasn't a good day to hold that mobile-making contest. <laughs> Which, okay, okay, look, look, I get it. I get it. I get it. That's, that's the joke. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the joke. I think I think the difference is like that's that is a joke whereas kung fu quilting is taken a little more seriously I don't know it's it's hard but like the mobile making contest uh is is great okay so Fleur gets nervous and moos or bellows or whatever it's like that's what she does she explains that when she gets nervous she hums so he is about to complain but Benny says do whatever makes you feel comfortable Fleur continues her Tim Allen impression that I realize I just did but uh <laughs> It it is it is kind of like that, but more more melodic. Like I can't I can't sing bad on purpose, unless I get into my bum. I can't like, but sing at the same time. This is why you gotta respect voice actors. The ability to do inane stuff like that in a microphone on command is is a pretty hard skill and a good one to have at that if you want to get into voice acting. You just got to be comfortable and be able to do weird stuff like sing while also going like 
So, whatever. So, Fleur continues, and her mooing disrupts the other campers to the point they plug their ears and hide. And also, they keep comparing the sound... Like, a running gag in the episode is they keep comparing the sound to other sounds, which... It's alright. It's not... It's not my favorite thing from this episode. We're we're gonna we're gonna tackle something. Okay, whatever. The comparisons are just there. That's just that's the beginning, middle, and end of that. So meanwhile, Blythe hears a lovely singing voice and thinks it's Mrs. Trombley. However, Mrs. Trombley comes out to complain about the sound. Blythe can't identify anything wrong with it, but agrees to check it out. She goes to the play area and sees Fleur singing and to Blythe, Fleur's singing sounds magnificent and lovely while the pets cower and try to warn her. And Blythe says, it's a bit loud, but it sounds all right. The pets are confused. And then Blythe rationalizes that she doesn't hear it as moose noise because she's one quarter Canadian. All right. All right, let's uh let's unpack this for a second. This is a weird and unnecessary complication to things. Let's assume. Let's assume for th- for the purposes of this joke that I don't I can you know, let's let's go on this rant first, and then we'll go back to what I was doing before. Okay. Let's assume, for the purposes of this statement to be true, that Canadian the trait is acquired by living in Canada for an extended period of time. Like, I don't know, 50 years? 40 years? I don't, I don't know. Whatever the time is, the land has somehow affected you enough for you to be Canadian. That at least gets us around the native Canadian versus settler Canadian debacle. Because I'm like... You know what? I'm only 50% sure. We'd never see Blythe's mom. I'm... I know... I I know Roger's white. I don't know if Betty was also white. Maybe. Maybe not. 50% is the lowest I can go. And I'd say about 85 is the highest I can go. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that Blythe isn't native Canadian. Her her one quarter Canadian isn't native. It's settler. 
All right. So so we get around we get around that debate by explaining that somehow the land that is known as Canada affects you and your family if you choose to live on it for an extended period of time. That's just that's just one thing. Let's continue. Why is this a trait that being Canadian gives you? Why why do the Canadians in this universe like hear Moose calls as elegant? What what other Canadians can speak to animals for this to even be a thing? Wouldn't Canadians uh, want to hear moose calls the most because moose are like big powerful animals that you do not want to be on the wrong end of unless you're like fairly certain you you can kill one and even then you want to be cautious like this is just weird. Like, no matter how you take it, this is a weird and unnecessary complication. Like, how does, like, it, is it, like, does, does a Canadian know, does it make them know a moose is coming better? Can it understand the moose better? This is, this is weird. This is stupid weird. Why is, like, what other traits can, can the land of Canada grant people? An affinity for syrup? I, like, I, I know Blythe said she liked syrup in that one episode. I think... Look, it's been it's been a while since I've covered some of these episodes. I'm not going to remember everything about them. Oh boy, we are we are just we're just on a roll with rants today. And like this is just this is just weird. It gets more complicated the more you think about it, but like in 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 the terms of this recap podcast there's nothing else i can do but think about it like a little too hard for some people i guess but that's that's how it is that's 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 the purpose of this podcast is to just like turn the show on its face and like see it for what it kind of is what it is is this like weird like uncanny like it's not un like completely uncanny valley but it's like it's renting a house near the cliffside and not the side closer to realism 
that's how I would describe this show. It's good in a lot of places, but sometimes it just gets a little bit, like, weird, which is fine, but it also doesn't acknowledge its own weirdness at times, such as, like, Kung Fu Quilting, or this mess. This is just... Like, okay, so I I said, like, stuff like that is why I started this podcast. Because even, even at just taking these things at face value, like, I couldn't rationalize it to the point of, yeah, that makes sense. Whew. Oh boy, we've we've still got an episode ahead of us. So let's uh let's continue. So Blythe uh talks with Fleur and Fleur explains that she can't help it and starts singing some more and then Mrs. Twombly is practicing and can't deal with the moose call and worries that if the songbirds hear it, they'll think it's her. So she starts practicing again, only for the moose sounds to imprint on her and make her start mooing. Blythe wonders what to do about the noise and how it's bothering everyone. Russell suggests taking her outside to calm her nerves. Blythe likes that idea, and they do it. However, a few minutes later, she gets a call about the noise in the alley. And then several calls. So she decides to bring Fleur back in, which causes the pets to panic. Blythe assures Fleur that she has a nice voice, but suggests she should take it down an octave. Fleur tries, but is louder than ever. Fleur explains that she only has one volume setting when she's nervous. She goes on to say that singing is the only thing that relaxes her aside from her favorite stick. Blythe says that they should go get her favorite stick, and Fleur says that it's back at the conservation center. Blythe asks to describe it. She says it's brown, medium length, with a knot near the top. And then Blythe says she has to do inventory, so one of them will have to get it. Sunil volunteers himself and Vinny to go. And then Vinny's like, anything to get away from this. Sunil glares at him and insists that they're going through the hamster tubes because they love adventure. And Vinny's like, good save. So just just another point I want, I want to take. The hamster tubes have just become a function of this universe. This is just, like, a thing. I, I theorize that the hamster tubes, like, if... If the city tries to remove them, like, downtown city just falls like a house of cards. So, they're just there. Alright, so they arrive at the enclosure. Like, the, the hamster tube conveniently goes into Fleur's enclosure. And they begin looking for the stick but find that the enclosure is full of sticks. 
And then, meanwhile, Blythe is taking inventory, and here's Fleur saying, I'm scared, and she thinks that's not good. And Mrs. Trombley comes in and complains about the noise. Blythe gives Mrs. Trombley some noise-canceling headphones, and Mrs. Trombley is delighted, which solves that problem, I guess? Sure. We're we're gonna go with that. Like, it is... It is a nice, natural, realistic way to solve that problem. It just seems... Weird that, like, you get... That's... You get something that simple. So... Blythe goes in and checks on Fleur and again comments on her lovely voice. Zoe says, You've got to be kidding. And Blythe replies, I know, crazy dominant Canadian genes. And it's... It's weird that, like, the land somehow affected the genetics. Like... Okay, I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy, but in in this universe, I can believe it. If I'm supposed to believe that people take kung fu quilting seriously, I can believe that there is land magic. You don't don't underestimate how crazy I think some concepts in this show are. Like, you heard me rant about that. So, land magic affected the genes of the people living in there if you lived there for an extended period of time. Land gene. Land land magic. Which... How fast does that hold? Because Blythe had to move from her hometown to downtown city. How how long before the land magic gets her? <laughs> this is this is super dumb. I know, but so is this show, and this episode is is a good is a good you know. It's good at setting me off on how weird this show is. So, Blythe suggests that they play the quiet game. Fleur says that she likes games. And then Blythe explains that the rules are you stay quiet for as long as possible. The loser is the first one that makes noise. So, they start playing. Blythe backs away slowly to do inventory. And the game continues. So Vinny and Sunil try to look for the stick based on Fleur's description, but find a lot of sticks that match it. Sunil picks one up and says, like, it could be this one because it has a more regal flair than the other sticks. Also because it says Fleur's stick on it, which, you know what? (laughs) I applaud. It's It's a great joke. This episode... Is good. It's just weird. So then another moose comes up and takes it, scaring Vinny and Sunil. We'll uh, we'll get back to the weird thing about that scene a little bit because they get back to the weird thing about that scene as well. So Blythe continues taking inventory and she's on a roll. 
and Mrs. Trombley is getting some good practice in as well. However, Flutter starts singing again, and Blythe says that she had just lost the quiet game. She wants to check it out, but the laptop starts beeping, which means that the call has started, but the songbirds are early. Mrs. Twombly asks about this, and Blythe explains what's going on. Meanwhile, Vinny and Sunil try to bargain for the stick and explain that they need to give it to its rightful owner. The moose gets less angry when the subject of Fleur comes up as he is infatuated with her and her singing. So he introduces himself as a hammy jumbo, although with his uh, accent, it sounds like Ami Jambon. And he also, and he says he also sings. And then he does a little dance. He asks if he wants to hear them sing. And Vinny says no. And then Sunil's like, uh, and then says he wants to wait for his one moose show. So they ask why he's here. And he says, and Hammy says that he's been enchanted by Fleur singing, but was always too shy to jump the fence. So they at least explain why there's a moose here when Fleur was not here because her enclosure was being cleaned. Though, I don't know how big the enclosure is because like, there's like a bunch of sticks on the ground. That doesn't look clean, clean. But it, at least... Found, like allowed them to find you know the stick which they probably would have cleaned and Flutter would have been upset about there's a there's a method to this madness so and he says he was always too shy to jump the fence now that he has though he does not find Fleur but Vinny and Sunil he asks if she'll return and then goes back to dancing. The call is still ringing. The call from the songbirds, that is, still ringing. And Blythe has an idea. So they take it and Blythe pretends to freeze up. And Mrs. Twombly picks up on it and freezes as well. The songbirds take the bait and hang up. Mrs. Twombly thanks Blythe for her quick thinking. And Blythe says that that buys them a little time and Blythe... Uh, sees what Mrs. Trombley meant about Martha, who is so judgy about all of this. So, Blythe heads towards the play area, and then with the help of some pets, pushes Fleur and her snout, specifically, into the, you know, big old fire hydrant. So, Hammy continue. I wrote his name as Ami, because he has that accent. So, I thought it was Ami, but it's Hammy. And Vinny even says as such at one point saying Hammy, but I thought that was Vinny being Vinny. You know what? That's a, that's just a, that's the thing on my end. So uh, Hammy continues to dance and Vinny and Sunil clap. And ha- he, Hammy suggests that with her singing and his dancing... They could put it together and act, and Vinny says no. So Neil nudges him and then plays along, saying, yeah, you could do it. And then uh, 
Sunil asks the stick, s'il vous plaît? And then Hammy, that's why I said I pointed it out, because, like, I, I had struggle, because I have it as Ami, but it's Hammy. It's weird. It's it's a weirdness I made myself, but not, not the weirdest the show contrived. There's enough of that in this episode, believe me. So, wants to give it to him, give it to her himself, to begin discussing the musical act, no? He says, like, no, and that inflection. And Vinny says, no. So Neil hits him again. And Vinny says, what? I was agreeing with him. <laughs> Which, that, I think, is clever. I think that is clever. It's a little, little, little bit of a play on, play on the language. <laughs> So, Sunil says sure, but Vinny is unsure of how Hammy will fit in the hamster tubes. And then Hammy says, where we're going, we don't need no hamster tubes. Like, he does have this thick old French-Canadian accent. So he lifts Sunil and Vinny on his antlers and they head off. So, Okay. They did explain why there's a moose in the conservation area when that area was supposed to be cleaned, but how are they letting a moose just run out? Then, like, there should be someone to at least pump him full of trank darts, at the least. Like, like I get most people don't want to be on the business end of a moose. That that is like. A large animal that you will you won't win. You will not come out of that unscathed if you come out at all. That's a that's a big old animal. If it if you get on its business end, you're 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 pretty much done for. So <laughs> So the songbirds call again, and Blythe pretends to cut out, like, you know, that there's some static, like, oh, hello, it's great to, s- let's see if this works, stuff like that. And then they buy it again, and then hang up again. So uh, Fleur finds the hydrant dusty and sneezes her way out of it. Blythe goes to check on the situation, and then Vinny and Sunil arrive with the stick with Hammy. They get the stick to Fleur, and then she calms down. Blythe thinks this is great and can finally get Mrs. Twombly's call going. Zoe asks if Vinny would care to explain the other moose. Vinny says he would not want to, and Sunil says he's been like this all day. So the call begins again, and they take it, and does nothing else. So Martha is a bit judgy, and the songbirds ask if Anna's ready, and Blythe prepares for it, and Mrs. Twombly readies herself. Meanwhile, Hammy is wondering why Flora isn't singing. Vinny, <laughs> Vinny, oh Vinny, Vinny explains that she only sings when she's nervous, but now that she has her stick, she's not nervous. So Hammy decides to take her stick to get her to sing, that seem that just seems like a problematic move. Like you know, like make make her nervous, intimidate her. That'll that'll surely get you what you want, guys. 
that's that's not that's not you know troublesome at all but it, it what ends up happening is they start singing a song together and they go into a fantasy segment and the song they sing is you're all i need so i guess it worked i guess it worked so i guess i guess having a partner with her singing makes her calm down but also still sing. So, <clears throat> Mrs. Tomley is about to begin, but the moose starts singing, which the moose noise is heard by everyone but Blythe. And Mrs. Tomley, being a real trooper in all this, harmonize with him. The other songbirds harmonize as well, except, except Martha, who is off. They discuss how good everyone is, except for Martha, and think they could actually record something once they get Martha a vocal coach. And Martha's like, yeah, I kind of deserve that. (laughs) So they ask about the sound, and Blythe says it's a pre-recorded track. They are delighted and hang up. This is Twombly thanks Blythe for working so hard and doing all of this, and they hug, and I love it. I love, I, okay. I love the friendship between, like, Mrs. Tromley and Blythe. I love how much they understand each other and are willing to do for each other. This is just, this is great. And I love it. So, Fleur talks to Hammy about things, and Fleur does have her stick back now, and they agree to start their musical act, and they get started right away, much to the detriment of the pets. So, that concludes the episode. And overall, it's structurally solid. Like, the problems are, like, solved in a natural way. They come to, like, good conclusions. Mostly, like, the the weird taking away the stick thing aside. Like, it, it even has, like, the pets going out, so they're not they're not just confined. Like it all comes back to LPS for sure. But it does it doesn't have the bottle problem that a lot of pet segments do, even though it kind of should have, because a lot of the episode is the pets just don't like this moose singing. Like it, but it doesn't have the bottle problem because they eventually go out and then find out stuff about the world and have it impact back into the thing. It all it all comes together. Structurally, this episode is solid. The beats are there, and it makes sense within itself. But. The itself just doesn't make sense to me. Because the itself requires me to suspend my disbelief. Like, I'm to, to a point where I don't know if I can. Like, it's, it's just... 
It is just hard. Like, like it, like it's not that I don't want to suspend my disbelief. It's just that when when you say things like I can hear a moose singing nicely because I'm one quarter Canadian or kung fu quilting that just that just hits a little too hard like okay the the sentence I can hear the sentence you can hear a moose is pleasant because you're one quarter Canadian is is like a sitcom joke. It's it's a joke Barney would tell on How I Met Your Mother or Robin would tell Barney because he's one quarter Canadian. It's it if like the premise is that's not real we're just making an exaggeration to make fun of you. In this, this is real. And the joke is it's exaggerated because everything in this universe is exaggerated. And, hmm. I, I don't know how well that like works. I don't know if you if like I don't know if the writers are like expecting us like to just take it at face value and say oh that's a facet of the world or no it's just an exaggeration for exaggeration's sake. Which, I don't know. It's, it is, it's hard. But, like I said, it's not a bad episode. Like, it's just a weird episode. Just mainly, mainly from that that thing. Like, the Canadian one quarter thing which i i'm not sure needed to be in there to be perfectly honest like that's that's the other thing i don't get about it is why like i get that it's funny i get that it's like a joke i don't know why this particular joke is in here because the flow of the episode would continue even without that. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, having someone who understands Fleur might make it easier for the nervous Fleur to, you know, open up about such things as her favorite stick or be willing to play the quiet game for as long as she did. So I guess there's that. So I guess it is all thought out. It's just insane. And I think that is where I'm going to leave this episode of the Littlest Petcast. 
Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. When they want to spend like 50 years there to gain that land's land magic in their genes. And be sure to tune in to the penultimate episode of the Littlest Pet Shop Show. Seeing Red, I will be seeing you then.